Um, so in just a moment, I'm going to bring Diana Kwan on stage. She's going to talk to you about um, the major Asian hot sauce families. I just want to remind you that her book is for sale at the bar, and she would love to sign it for you. So please give a very, very warm welcome to Diana. All right, can you guys all hear me? All right, awesome. So I think I am the intermission act. So I will attempt to give you a very brief history of Asian hot sauces in the next 15 minutes or less. So let me grab the... Asian hot sauces 101. So, all right, just a um, quick cheer. Who has ever made their own hot sauces before? Yeah, all right. Who has had hot sauces before and loved it? All right. So why would you want to make your own hot sauces when they're so widely available? So uh, I would say, why would you want to make your own beer or yogurt or kombucha if it's widely available? It's just really fun to do, and you can always tweak the spiciness level and the flavors to your own liking. So I will just go over briefly like the history of Asian hot sauces, go, like building on what Sarah has already said, and um, a little bit about the peppers you can use, and then we'll just go through um, all the main essential ones that are very, very easy to do at home, uh, even though like there are thousands upon thousands of uh, hot sauces in Asia. I don't want to give you like this whole encyclopedia like overview. I just want to narrow it down to like nine different sauces that can you can use as both like a condiment and a cooking ingredient. So we have, um, well, we have these lovely little serrano and jalapeno peppers. Um, so if you are making Asian hot sauces, you don't necessarily need to use Asian chilies. So in the US, we have these, which are widely, widely available. And they are used frequently in place of um, Asian chilies, like prakshifa chilies, for sriracha and for sambal olek, and for um, sweet chili paste and all of those. So you can use, um, ideally, you would want to use ripe, um, ripe jalapenos and ripe chilies if you see any that are like that have these like lines going through them like the white lines if you ever see them in farmers markets that just means they're extra ripe and extra sweet um, somebody told me that means they're like kind of bursting at the seams so they are like the ideal ripeness for using in um, in chili sauces so the ones that I did in um, in Red Hot Kitchen kind of span Asia but um, to just to build upon what uh, Sarah had said before about the history. So hot, um, chili peppers originated in the Americas. And it wasn't until like the late 14, early 1500s when Columbus and his merry band of explorers went to the Americas thinking they were going to India and they hit upon chili peppers. Um, and just like he thought that he was hitting India when he was in America, he thought that he was um, finding black peppers when he saw chili peppers. So that's why we call them today both 
peppers and chilies. So two names for the exact same thing because of Columbus. Um, and then they brought them back to Europe, uh, mostly to the Iberian Peninsula. And there they were like, oh, this is cool. Like, but they didn't really cook with them. They just kind of looked at these like little curious ornamental plants and they're like, oh, these are cool to look at. But what else can we do with them? I don't know. And it wasn't until they, the Portuguese explorers just went all the way to um, Goa, which is on the western side of India, that they, that Goan cooks were like, oh, these are really cool to incorporate into our cuisine. And from there, Portuguese traders and Indian traders and Arab traders brought um, chili peppers to like Java and Sumatra, to Thailand, um, to like the Philippines, to uh, China and um, all the way, actually in the 1600s, missionaries brought that all the way to um, to Korea, and um, and it made it way, its way to Japan too. So we are going over just a few quick ones, um, and then I'll get to two of my favorites right at the end. Um, so sambal olek, if you guys have had that before. Um, it is sold in the bottled version um, from the same maker of Sriracha, but you can definitely easily make your own. This is one from Indonesia and Malaysia. And you can use, this is like one of the easiest ones you can make. You can use either um, red jalapenos, you can use red serranos, and you could just like mash it up with a little bit of vinegar, sugar, garlic, and it takes about like five minutes in the food processor. Um, then you have sriracha, which we had already gone over a little bit, and this is probably the one that's like the gateway hot sauce that a lot of Americans know of. And the one that I have in the book um, is um, a cross between the original sriracha banish and the bottled version, um, the rooster version that we all know today. Um, and then sweet chili sauce. This is um, there's four from Thailand, and this is one of the ones. It is very similar to the making of um, sambal olek, but you add a little bit of starch to thicken it. Um, this is one that I go through like a bottle a week, so it's very, very convenient to be able to make your own easily at home. And then we have Nam Prik Pao, which a lot of people actually I'm surprised to like not really know of, but you, if you've been to a Thai restaurant before, you most likely would have had this because it is very common in dishes like um, drunken noodles, tom yum goon, um, and a whole bunch of other um, really tasty Thai dishes. And it's got um, this really like fermented feel to it because it has um, shrimp paste. Um, you can also make a vegetarian version. So it has this like really earthy quality that is um, amazing in hot sauces. So if you like um, the spiciness level of sriracha and sambal olek, but you want your hot sauce to be a little bit funkier, then Nam Prik Pao is a good way to go. And then we have also Thai red curry paste. This is a really good one for if you want to skip the gym that day and really exercise your arm muscles in a mortar and pestle and just like pound something, this is a really good one to do. And then we also have gojuchong, which is um, definitely, definitely growing in popularity. How do I know? Because Whole Foods and Trader Joe's sells gojuchong flavored chips and nuts. So you know that's going to be really, really popular. Um, and that is made with Korean goju chilies. Um, and it's used in things like you can make your own homemade kimchi with it. You can make a lot of kimchi stews. You can make bibimbap. You can make bulgogi a whole bunch of your favorite Korean dishes. 
Um, and then we also have Yuzu Kosho, which is um, from Japan. And it's kind of interesting because Japan is not really known for hot sauces. And this is one of the few in the book that is um, primarily made with green chilies. Uh, this takes the place of um, Thai, um, Thai spur chilies or prachifa. But this is interesting because it is from the southern um, Japanese island of Kyushu, which did a lot of trading with Malaysia and, um, and Southeast Asia for, um, for centuries. And that's how green chilies became really incorporated into the local cuisine. Um, so uh, there is also a yuzu kosho flavored Kit Kat. I have actually never had it, but if anyone is going to Japan soon, please bring me back one. I will Venmo you. Um, and so that is a quick overview of seven of the nine, but I will go over two of my personal favorites. So this is Sichuan chili oil. If you have been to a good Sichuan restaurant in the city, or if you've been to Sichuan province, you have most likely had this before. It is delicious. It is also probably one of the easiest ones in the book to make. You basically take hot oil, or take oil and actually heat it up for a few minutes and then dump in a whole bunch of um, crushed red chili flakes. You dump in cinnamon, star anise, um, a bay leaf or two, and it makes this like super aromatic chili oil that will make you never want to buy store-bought chili oil ever, ever again. Um, and it is used in, uh, oh, and it uses uh, two different kinds of Asian chilies that you can normally buy in, um, in a Chinese market or Southeast Asian market. They will never be labeled these, so if you wanna like take a photo of any of these to, you know, for your shopping, um, for your shopping list, um, just make sure that uh, you can identify the two. They will always be labeled just like dried red chilies. But the main difference is that the one on the left is slightly orangier and less spicy, and the one on the right is like deep ruby red and much spicier. So if you want to make your Sichuan chili oil spicier, go for the one on the right. If you want to make it a tiny bit less spicy, like medium mild, go for the one on the left. And then, so what do we make with them? We make Sichuan wontons, we make bonbon chicken, we make um, Chongqing chicken, which is like the fried chicken that comes loaded with chilies in really good Sichuan restaurants. Um, and you can just make like Kung Pao chicken, you could just drizzle it over your noodles, you could drizzle it over your dumplings, it is absolutely fantastic. And then the last sauce that I will go over is XO sauce. Has anyone had this before? Cheer. All right, so for the rest of you, I will introduce you to this amazing sauce. Um, this is based, it comes from um, Hong Kong, and that is also not a region that, or an area that's known for spicy food. But what happened was in like the late 80s, early 90s, chefs and restaurants wanted to create the sauce um, that they wanted to, you know, have this idea of like promoting like luxuriousness and uh, just sell like their dishes at a higher price. So the um, main ingredients are dried scallops, dried shrimp, a little bit of Jinhua ham, which is really like pretty much impossible to find in the US, but it tastes like a really, really luxurious like prosciutto, but thicker. Um, but here you can also just use bacon. And like the, the result is just like the most umami filled sauce. It's like chunky, it's not really a sauce, it's like a chunky paste, but you can, once you make a batch, you can just cook it with anything else. You won't need like any other ingredients. It's super, super delicious. I also have a vegan version of the book if you're not into seafood and bacon, but um, both versions are 
are very, very umami filled. So let's see, what other slides do I have? Yes, you can use any of these chilies and then you can also use um, a little bit of fresh chilies for the moisture like jalapenos or serrano. And these, um, yeah, I would definitely, definitely encourage you if you, the next time you go to a Cantonese restaurant, if it's said, there's something that says like XO sauce on the menu, like please try it out. Like every single restaurant makes their own versions. Sometimes it's less spicy, sometimes it's more spicy, but the common denominator is that it's just super, super rich and you just like never want to, like it'll make like all other hot sauces like pale in comparison. So uh, yeah, so what do you do with it? You could just put it over plain rice. You can put it on like cashew chicken, dress up any of your noodles or favorite, the, any of your favorite like noodles or stir fries. Um, and you can use, even use, just like put a bunch on like crackers and it'll be like absolutely, absolutely delicious. So yeah, I hope I get encouraged some of you guys to make um, any of these Asian hot sauces. I think I came in like maybe just under 15 minutes. I'm not sure. I think we'll be passing out some samples for, um, for Thai sriracha and some Burger King fries. So please enjoy your, your gourmet snack. Thank you.